Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Love a space to call your own. Live in the better built surroundings of a Glenvey home. Love having a sense of place live for shaping it from the get-go love green spaces and the joy of outdoors live where lower environmental impact is a way of life in a home built more sustainably for comfort quality and for people putting down roots just like you love where you live community inspired and shaped by you and glen Vey. home of the new Good afternoon. You're listening to Gambling with an Edge. Now here are your hosts, Bob Dancer and Richard Munchkin. Good afternoon. Welcome to Gambling with an Edge. I'm Bob Dancer. And I'm Richard Munchkin. Today's show is a Bob and Richard answer their mailbag again. Uh, we've got lots of questions from you. Thank you very much. And we'll do our best to, um, to answer them. First one, I've heard Richard share stories of taking advantage of online casino promotions in the past. But I've never heard Bob talk about taking advantage of similar online promotions that could be used by video poker player. So for Bob, is this something you've never done or is it something you've done but never shared? If you've never done it, can you share why? I was too cautious to take advantage of online casinos promotions way back then. I believed it was too easy to be cheated and it possibly might not be legal. Since I was already a pretty famous player in the early 2000s, I figured that if it were illegal, I'd be something somebody the feds might look at as an example were I to be found guilty. So I stayed away, obviously missing out on a lot of dollars. Next question. Are crap winning players ever issued a W2G? My answer is they shouldn't be. The rules on the W2G list the particular gaming games for which they're to which they apply, but and craps, blackjack carnival games are not on that list. So you should not get a W2G. Although I can say from experience that I have gotten W2Gs from drawings uh, where I shouldn't be, but where I should have been issued a 1099 instead, but the casino issued a W2G. Um, so, if- Yeah, I, I would just add to that, um, you know, th- there has been this trend the last number of years to keep coming up with more and more side bets and it wouldn't surprise me if craps comes up with a side bet that has over a 300 to 1 payoff or something in which case as bob just said you should get a 1099 not a w2g if it if it pays over it's either 300 to 1 or 600 to 1 i think it's 300 to 1 um but again it should be a 1099 not a w2g Although for your taxes, I don't really know that that would make a difference tax-wise. I mean, it would still be income that would go under your, depending on whether you're filing as a professional or not. But um, Yeah, and if you're trying to play unrated they need just as much id for a 1099 as they do for a w2g 
So I don't know if, if that was really the, the question behind it, but um, they would both be undesirable things for people who want to play unrate, unrated and unrecognized. Next question, also to me. Some of my family enjoy uh, playing penny video poker recreationally. Are there any general rules that apply to all variations of the game that I can use to help them lose less? They play all sorts of variations and never check the pay schedules. I would suggest that they check the tables, but I don't know what they should be looking for for a better game. So my answer is not really. Each game is different, and the strategy for a game like Double Double Bonus has little in common with a game like Deuces Wild. Plus, these players move from game to game to game without changing the strategy very much. And studying hard to save a few bucks an hour on a game they play recreational simply isn't going to happen for the most part. There are lists of desirable pay schedules for each of these games, but these are not going to be found on Penny Video Poker. Penny video poker, usually the games are usually in the 93 to 96% range. But, um, but if you want to help them, recommend they play one penny at a time. And every time they get a straight or higher, walk around the chair three times before sitting down again. This is not going to improve their, uh, percentage win but it will be less money bet on a losing game and so that's money saved and I don't expect any of them to take that advice next question I'm learning to count and I'm a member of blackjack apprenticeship and only want to pursue card counting as a hobby my wife and I really enjoy Las Vegas and I'd like to generate most of my EV from casino comps, so I'll be playing rated. My question is, if I'm keeping a small spread like one to five, will that compromise my ability to stay and play for comps and have multiple trips a year? I'd like to stay at a nice strip, nice strip casinos, enjoy the fringe benefits by still having a slightly winning game. Richard. Uh, first of all, I think that's a, a great way to go. Uh, taking advantage of comps uh, in that way. Um, we've talked about that a lot on the show before. So the answer, though, is completely dependent on whether you're um, how much you're betting and whether you're playing double deck or shoe games. So one to five on shoe games should be okay in most places. I mean, it, on double deck, it'll definitely get you barred and, pre and pretty quickly. So um, I definitely would not do that. But um, on the shoe games, you, you're probably going to be okay, um, depending on what you're betting. I mean, if you're going one to five in purple, well, you're going to get great comps, but that, that could get you looked at and could get you backed off. So um, also, I would take the, uh, I w would use the software and look at, what is a break-even game for the particular game you're going to play and try to get your spread down low enough that you're just playing break-even. Um, you know, if you're betting enough, you can get cash comps that can be substantial EV. So, again, you didn't say how much you're betting. So, so But, but the, those guidelines... Oh, and if you haven't read Comp City, you should absolutely buy uh, and read Comp City. You want to uh, make sure you're doing things to play as slowly as possible. Um, when I was doing the comp thing, uh, I would note when the casino changed the cards. So I would go sit down at the table 10 minutes, 15 minutes before they're going to change the cards, because often changing the cards can take 15 or 20 minutes on busy weekends. I would also sometimes... <clears throat> play at one table, tell them I was going to the bathroom, go to another pit, sit down at another table. So I was getting twice the hours uh, because they had me in at 
two tables at the same time, which was kind of like some of those uh, comedy movies where one guy has two girlfriends and he's trying to run back and forth between their apartments on the same night. But uh, so anyway, yeah, there are some tricks you can do to increase your um, your hours and your rating. When I was when um, high stakes video poker was still a very profitable thing to do 20 or so years ago, we were always told that you get much, much, much better comps at video poker than you do at blackjack. Um, Would you still say that's true, Richard? Um, boy, I have no idea. Well, yeah, I, I have no idea. It's, um. It was like to get room comps and stuff, you would need to be betting, uh, you know, black chips four hours a day at least. And whereas you could get a whole lot more playing video poker for much lower stakes. Although, in terms of coin in per hour, video poker is higher because you're playing 600 or 1,000 hands an hour instead of 50 to 100 at blackjack. Yeah, it, and and the comp systems have changed so much over the years. Uh, and even just in the last year because of COVID, they're giving so fewer comps. Um, yeah, I, I really, I really don't know. All right. I've been learning about AP slots and have also been learning to hold card. It seems like it would be pretty easy to spot a slot hustler, even if they don't throw me out for it. Should I avoid slot hustling and hold carding at the same casino? Uh, I'd be more worried about the reverse. Um, if you have a really lucrative casino for slot hustling, um, you may not want to get 86 for hole carding. Uh, I mean, it, it just depends on the casino. I mean, the only casinos I've been hearing about them throwing people out for slot hustling are the Vegas strip casinos, um, which usually are not that good for hole carding just because Vegas, there are way too many wise guys around here and the surveillance people are sharper than other parts of the country. Um, so anyway, it yeah, I would say it's probably a good idea to separate those two activities. Good. Another question. Recently, at a casino... In uh, in the South, we found a bank of three Magic of the Nile slots that displayed the message on the screen that said, IGT, Advantage Player Tracking, version 1.109. I'm not sure if this is anything to be concerned about or if it's nothing at all. The Advantage Player Tracking is simply the name that IGT uses for their player tracking system. This is the system that determines how many coins you put in and put out and is linked to the slot club to give you benefits there. It has nothing to do with advantage, with identifying advantage players. However, the latest version of this IGT system does have a player evaluation filter player evaluation feature built in. How many casinos will install this feature and use it is anybody's guess. It is brand new, but the technology now is being sold to identify the skill level of video poker players, at least on some machines. Yeah, it, it you know, it, the old saying, if you have a hammer, everything looks like a nail. It's very easy when you're doing something in a casino that you think you're not supposed to be, to be very paranoid about anything you see like that or hear in the pit, when often it doesn't have anything to do with you or what, what you're doing. Next question. 
There was a $5 double-double bonus game in an Illinois casino earlier this year that had the progressives appropriate for $10 games rather than $5 games. That is, the Royal was at $40,000. Aces with a kicker, it's $20,000. Aces without a kicker and twos, threes, fours with a kicker, $8,000. And these were progressives. At reset, it was something like 110%. It's gone now, but we're wondering if it was fair. Could it have been rigged to not hit the big jackpots? And my response is probably it was fair. Uh, this sounds like an arithmetic mistake made by the slot director at that particular casino. Enjoy them when you find them. They aren't that common. Uh, were I to come across something like that, uh, I probably would have hammered it for as long as it was around. Uh, if that happens in Vegas, there will be a number of, it won't last long, there will be a number of teams that discover it and uh, and fill up all the seats until they take it away. It's There are regular scouts going around to casinos all the time looking at progressives, and when this would be found, uh, these guys are smart enough to know to know what to do with it. Whether that um, was the case in that particular Illinois casino, um, I don't know. I would say it, it would could, be highly, highly unlikely to be for them to be cheating, having a cheating machine um, in Illinois. I mean, those aren't Indian casinos. Yeah, I, your chance of being cheated in that way, I, I think, are really tiny. Okay. Oh, but the way you could get cheated <laughs> in that situation is you hit the royal and then the casino goes, oh, wait a minute, this was a mistake, we're not going to pay you. <laughs> that That's the way you can get cheated. And then you have to go and hire a lawyer and go to the gaming commission and all of that nonsense. And, and I think that almost never happens. <laughs> if they, uh, especially when it's a progressive, when the, um, you know, a number that's 8342 instead of 41. Oh, you, yeah. You mean they don't notice that it's set wrong, you know, yeah, but, they, but when they, they notice that the machine is set wrong, they sometimes try to stiff the patron. And those stories usually hit the news. Yeah. And it's, uh, and usually when that happens, they just, pay you, lock up the machine, and change things. And um, and if you've been playing it a lot, that might be reason for them to kick you out for being a uh, – taking advantage of their innocent mistake. All right. Uh, getting a lot of questions for me today. I'm a young AP building a bankroll through AP slots – and matched betting, doing everything I can to take Richard's advice to avoid actually counting cards. In my market, there are numerous low roller progressives. Not wanting to give up my ID for a player's card, I'm interested in hit and run style of play, chasing progressives, figuring that occasional W2Gs won't be too suspicious. My question, do you believe that play style could be worthwhile or are the hands with progressives too infrequent? And which of your books should I buy? I assume Video Poker for the Intelligent Beginner and Winner's Guide to Double Double Bonus, the most common game in my market. And if you ever need another assistant in your classes at the South Point, please keep me in mind. Okay. There are progressive teams and individuals in Las Vegas who are doing exactly what you're describing. It is highly competitive. Scouting is a key part of the job, and most successful teams assign different parts of town to different members. And whenever any one of them find a juicy play, everyone is called in to exploit it. If you're doing all the scouting and all the playing, that limits the number of these you can exploit. 
progressives can be on any game. Double, double bonus, deuces wild, deuces bonus, triple, double bonus, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. The Winner's Guide series you mentioned um, is not geared for progressives. It is geared for games where 4,000 coins for the Royal is all you're going to get. Still, 80% of the hands played with a Royal at 4,000 are played the same way as those hands for Royal at 6,000 or 8,000. So having a good understanding of the base game is a good place to start. Insofar as the South Point classes are concerned, that ship has sailed. There's essentially zero chance that I'll be teaching classes there again. This was not anything I had done to offend the South Point. It was simply uh, class sizes were flagging, and they did not see this as a um, profitable decision for them anymore. The run lasted nine years of two semesters a year, and I taught thousands of people there. But that run is over, and right now I don't have any other casinos in mind which have uh, an, a, a big number of uh, playable video poker that I could teach. Next question. Do you know why the Seven Stars Insider Newsletter just seems to have stopped? I remember you had Daryl McEwen on the podcast several years ago. It seems odd that he would end it without explanation. I'm wondering if the new owners disapproved of it and told him to stop. And Daryl McEwen passed away October 10th of this year. The last newsletter I saw was in July. Presumably, he missed the last few issues because of health. I found the Seven Star Insider Newsletter useful in figuring out the Caesars program. Daryl was not an AP. He couldn't figure out why video poker players should play machines where it took $10 to earn a reward credit rather than the $5 it took on slot machine players to earn the same reward credit. But in terms of which Caesars property had which particular rules and procedures, he was very good. I will miss Daryl and his newsletter. Um, and several of our listeners sent in um, messages that Daryl had passed away uh, so that we would could announce it to a broader audience. Um, I appreciate these heads up. Turns out the first... Um, the first of his actual death, I actually got from Richard. I'm not sure where he got it, but um, but several of you have sent in messages, and thank you. There was a guest we had last year. He was a young guy living out of his car in parking lots in casinos throughout the country. He played advantage slots and hoped to earn enough to move to Switzerland. It was a great interview. And I'm wondering if you've heard from him and how that plan is progressing. Richard. Uh, well, I think that was Prax. And um, I haven't talked to him, although he is very occasionally on Blackjack the Discord. Um, but uh, I don't know how it's progressing. I don't know uh, how he's doing uh, since I, you know, I've. There are a number of other guys who are out there now living in their van, driving around the country, just play, grinding away, playing blackjack. So um, uh, one of them, you know, soon will have on the show uh, Odysseus. Shout out to Odie. Um, but he wants to have uh, a bigger suitcase full of money before he comes on the show. Um, so, yeah, I think that's a very tough life living in a van and traveling around yes and there are some success stories that came out of that and a lot of non-success stories that haven't asked to be on the show yeah no i've been asking him and he's like i haven't i haven't won enough yet um you know so he 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 wants to have more of a uh more results under his belt before he comes on the show so. All right. 
Next question. I am currently a part-time card counter and live in a state that has legalized sports betting. How well does card counting as a refusal and AP sports betting overlap? What do you think, Richard? Well, I don't know what you mean by overlap. I mean, they're totally different skills. So, uh, or, or do you mean you're worried about getting backed off from card counting and then not being able to uh, bet? Uh, I, I, I saw a recent discussion of this uh, where a few people were saying, you know, they've been 86 from casinos, but, but have no trouble using the sports betting apps. So if if that's your concern, I wouldn't worry about it much. But it also could go the other way. Um, there are people who get uh, basically backed off from the sports book. True. Um, I w- I, yeah, again, I wouldn't worry about that much. I, I mean, well, first of all, as a blackjack player, you should be playing as a refusal anyway. So... If you're betting on an app, I don't see how the casino would know who you are as a blackjack player. So I I, I wouldn't worry about it at all. Okay. Uh, he did not mention using an app. There are a lot of AP sports bettors who actually go to the uh, go to the sports books and place their bets in person. But um, good. All right. Next question. I'm planning on purchasing a home in the next year. I have a day job that provides taxable income. I don't make much money as an AP yet, but I hope to. What's your take on opening credit cards and getting all the goodies with points, but affecting my credit score, even if I pay them all off at the end of the month? Should I wait until after I purchase my home? Richard. I would not open a whole bunch of credit cards. I mean, if you do two or three, I I don't think that was it's a minor ding, I think on your um on your credit when you open a new credit credit card. It it and it anytime somebody does a credit search on you, that triggers something. So like when you apply for a credit card or if you apply for a car loan or something like that. Uh, but I, I don't think that would uh, I wouldn't I don't think that would be a big concern. Uh, although I would ask on one of the credit card forums because they're going to know much more about it than than I do. Yeah, and it. Um... Oh, the other thing you could do is pre-qualify for the loan first, and you know if you're pre-qualified, then you could go open all the credit cards you want. Yeah, and I um I would actually wait. Uh I uh, I want the best credit I can for buying that house cuz that will affect it could affect the rates I pay for a 30-year loan and the credit card deals will still be out there in 6 months or so when you uh after you get the house taken care of. All right, next question. I love playing Baccarat, but rarely hear anyone talk on your show about it. With comps and conservative strategy, it's a small EV positive. It's small EV positive for me. Few questions. Are there advantage players in Baccarat for something other than comps? What areas or of it for advantage should I look for? Well, um, the answer is, of course, yes. Uh, every game in the casino can be beaten under the right conditions. Um, is there any written material that's going to tell you how? No. <laughs> so, um, so yes, there are people who beat Baccarat without the comps. But, hey, uh, the comp game, again, is a great way to go. Um, if you're playing Baccarat for comps, you want to play big Baccarat with, you know, players who squeeze the cards as long as possible. So the game is slow as you can possibly get it. Sit out hands as much as you can. Um, so yeah, 
There you go. So the same player writes, I like to play roulette only for fun, but I won't play electronic as the game isn't the same. I don't see any difference between electronic Baccarat versus dealer dealt. Any, any thoughts on that? Dealer dealt is an eight deck shoe and I don't know how cards are calculated for the electronic. Yeah, um, the big problem with the electronic is the game moves faster. And you're playing a game with negative EV, so you want to play as slow as you possibly can. The electronic is going to track exactly how much you bet and how many hands you play or how many spins you play at roulette. Um, so you don't want that. You want them to hopefully be rating you with higher bets than what you actually have. And you want to play much slower than what they think you're playing. So um, I would not worry about any kind of shenanigans on the machines, especially, I mean, if you're in Nevada or um, a regulated area. I, that wouldn't be my concern. My concern would be trying to fool the casino and get better comps. And roulette can be a tremendously slow game. So it can be worked you know, for the comp angle. And another concern that I'm just putting out there hypothetically, because I don't know, is table games, roulette, your comps are determined by the table game department. The machine roulette, your comps are determined by the slot department. And one may be quite a bit higher than the other. And to find out which one you get the best comps for, for however much your expected loss is, is something you may have to experiment with to find out. Because they, very few casinos have an overall integrated program where you would get exactly the same amounts for either game. Good point. Same player or same uh, listener there's an argument within the large baccarat players in my area over which is a better commission uh which is better commission baccarat or non-commission baccarat with dragon and panda bonus i feel non-commission is better unless you're playing ten thousand or above any thoughts well yeah um <laughs> Whether you're playing 10,000 or above has nothing to do with it. Um, you know, the, the EV is the EV. But there are two things to keep in mind. One is the house edge on the game, and the other is the speed of the game. And the game with commission gets slowed down by the commission. The game with the panda and dragon bets gets slowed down by the side bets. So I I would look more at you know, which game is, is going to be slower. The actual yeah, house edges on the two games are very similar, and you can look up the exact percentage at wizardofodds.com. Right. I was going to use that more source myself. Okay. Next question. This is also for Richard. How do the odds change when playing blackjack with two hands of $20? versus one hand of $40, assuming heads up? So, two hands of $20, you could bet one hand of $30 with the same variance, approximately. Um, so, heads up, you're supposed to stay with one hand because you're going to get more rounds per shoot. Again, I would get the software uh, from QFIT, uh, CVX, and you can run all these simulations till your heart's content and see exactly. But the amount of actual money that you're talking about is is nothing. You know, it's the wrong thing to be focusing on. You should be focusing on how deep is the penetration, how many rounds per hour you can get, you know, which is the faster dealer. Those things. And the overall rate of return, 
could be given by the um, the software you mentioned. Yeah. How do you measure the true count on a table with five more people? By the beginning of the hand, I might have a plus 10 running count, and after everyone has their cards, I'm a minus two running count. Can you talk about this, please? Yeah, so before the round starts, you calculate the true count to determine how much your bet should be. And now, after the round comes out, if it's gone from whatever to negative two, you, you now have that true count that you use to decide how to play your hand. So it, it changes. I mean, the count is always changing, and you're always using whatever the latest information you have is. Yeah, there are times where, um, you know, you have your biggest bet out and you make certain plays. And so the assumption is when you have your biggest bet out, that's when the odds are highest in your favor. And that was true at the start of the round. But that doesn't have to be true when you actually make your play. And so it's generally assumed that when your biggest bet out, that's when you have the biggest advantage. But by the time you play, that isn't always true anymore. Right. So one example would be uh, you have a true count of four and you put your big bet out and the round comes out and the dealer has an ace up and asks for insurance. Now, at the beginning of the round, I mean, before the round came out, the true count of four, you would be taking insurance. But now if the count has dropped and your true count is only two, you don't take insurance. Mm hmm. OK, another blackjack question, but this time I'm going to sneak in the answer until Richard tells me that I screwed it up again, as I frequently do. I've been practicing counting cards seriously for a month or two and want to know the value of a promotion at my local casino. It's a six-deck shoe game, $5 to $300. Double on any two, double after split, three to two blackjacks, no surrender. The kicker is the worst rule. You can only bet three times your previous bet. Generally, I will bet $5 and then ramp up to 15 or more if the count is in my favor. The promotion is every half hour for the weekend nights. They give away $100 to a random person in the pit playing with a player's card. As a smaller casino, there are max of three tables open with five people per table. A lot of the time, there are less than 10 um, in this drawing for 100. My question, is this a beatable game with the added promotion? I know that a one to three spread, no game is really beatable. But if I'm playing table maximum or table minimum and sitting out during negative counts, could the added $100 every half hour make it positive EV? And as I said, I'm going to try it first. First of all, it's a lot more than a one to three spread. If you start out at the minimum of $5, you can bet $15 the next hand, 45 after that, and the next conceivably 135 the next hand. That's a 1 to 27 spread. The fact that you're doing it gradually may make it less conspicuous. If there are eight players per drawing and they're giving away $200 per hour randomly, that is $100 twice, that's $25 an hour in EV if it's actually random. If they see you as a strong player, it might not be random. They'll run all the giveaways when you're sitting out negative counts. And then it's zero per hour for the bonus. The promotion can make it better to play $5 at negative counts rather than zero at negative counts. But overall, yes, it's a slightly positive EV, although you can probably do better working at McDonald's. Richard, where did I screw up? No, that's, uh, yeah, I, I agree with what you said. Although $25 I don't th an hour, I don't think you can make that at McDonald's. So. Um, oh, I definitely said that. You, you could do better at McDonald's. No, I'm saying, no, oh. if you can make $25 an hour at this game, I think that's better than you would do at McDonald's. Well, it's $25 over what you can actually make at the game. So that bet spread is... Uh, 
Yeah, I, right. But so it's more than break even. Oh yeah, for sure. So that's you would earn more playing this game than you would earn at McDonald's, is what I'm saying. But anyway, uh, other than that, I agree with what you said. But even if the casino did have some weird rule that you could only have that you could never bet more than three times your first bet off the top of the shoe. Um, well, then you could, you know, pick a, a medium size bet, say a $20 bet. And if the, it goes negative, just drop down to five for the rest of the shoe. And if it goes positive, you could go up to 60. Um, but I think your take on it is right, Bob. I think it probably means three times whatever your last bet was. All right. Very good. I like being right. And since I'm right, we're going to do some commercials now. The South Point has more than 10,000 games returning at least 99%. This is more such games than anyone else has. In October, they have a $500,000 guaranteed Monster Money Madness promotion. At all times during the month after 3 a.m. Excuse me. At all times during the, the month, there will be two casino-wide progressives going. The smaller one ranges from 1,000 to 2,500 and will be hit on average three times a day. The larger one starts at $10,000 and must be hit by 25,000. Should you be playing the larger one when it goes off and not be the actual winner, you will receive $25 in free play on your card. To be eligible for both drawings, you must have your card inserted and have played at least $1 in the previous minute. A continued promotion is primetime Mondays for players at least 50 years old. You receive 50% off bingo, movies, and all restaurants that are open when you use your points. This is especially a good deal at Michael's. Michael's is one of the best restaurants in town, and it's a bit pricey. But if you have, uh, if you're playing half price, excellent value for an excellent meal. Hey, this is Colin from Blackjack Apprenticeship, and if you're serious about card counting, I'm sure Bob and Richard would agree that there are three things every Advantage player needs to succeed. You need to gain the edge over the house, you need to manage your bankroll, and you need to get the hours in at the casinos. After a decade of playing professionally and running teams, I wanted to create the exact training, tools, and community I wished I had had for myself and my Blackjack teams, so we created the Blackjack Apprenticeship Membership. Our membership will help you perfect your game, manage your bankroll, and you'll join a supportive community of like-minded card counters and APs. Find out more at blackjackapprenticeship.com. Videopoker.com is the best place to play lots of games. If you sign up for the gold membership, $8.95 a month or $79.95 a year, this allows you to get correction on most of the games. The game of the week is Peek and Play Poker. This is a seven coins per line game where you get to see the first card off the pack of 47. You must take that card, assuming you don't hold all five original ones. Let's say you're dealt ace, king, queen, jack of spades, and a red four. In normal video poker, you throw the, the four, hold the spade, say a prayer, and hope for the royal. Now, if the peak card is another ace, well, goodbye royal flush. Here, you just hold the ace because you know another ace is coming, and a new ace will be paired up on the first ace off the deck. Then you hope for the best. You have to work out your strategy on your own. This is one of the games constructed in an area where they did not create games that paid more than 99%. So it's rare. It's a rare promotion that this will be your first choice. All right. Let's go back to uh, answering our mail. Uh, thank you for the great show. I would like to know if Bob's at liberty to discuss the details of how he got backed off from video poker playing at MGM Properties. Do you have anything to do with his exploits in million-dollar video poker, or did it stem from more recent activities? Can you offer any advice to other video poker APs to avoid getting backed off at MGM or just in general? So I was backed off from the MGM Grand in Las Vegas in 2001 about a month after Shirley and I had $500,000 worth of royals in 30 minutes. 
Over the previous six months, including that night, we'd taken close to a million dollars net profit out of the MGM, along with doing well in a number of other casinos as well. The initial back off was property specific, meaning just the MGM grand. But gradually, a note got put into my file that affected my welcome at all MGM Raj properties, as they were called then. I'm not 86 but I don't get normal slot club benefits that others do, and I never get mailers, nor am I allowed to participate in lucrative promotions. So I voluntarily stay away. I've checked a few times through the years whether I'd be welcome back, and I've found out that they are very happy with the status quo uh, with respect to my play and see no reason to change anything. The Video poker world, as long as the world in, as well as the world in general, has changed considerably since I got backed off 20 years ago. Getting backed off today at video poker can come from winning too much, only playing during promotions, getting caught using multiple players' cards, winning too many drawings, among many, many other things. If you do very well at a casino on a particular trip, I strongly recommend you take a year or so vacation from the place. They're willing to tolerate a certain number of winning players, and they allow players to get lucky occasionally, but not players that rub their faces in it. All right, here's a question for Richard. Basic strategy question for multi-deck dealer S17 versus H17. Basic strategy calls for a player to double with A7 versus 3, 4, 5, or 6, and if doubling is not allowed, stand. My question is that hand is good enough to take another card with a double down. Why not take a card if doubling is not allowed? <laughs> well, because you're getting to put twice as much money on the table, right? So... Um, let's see, how do I explain this? I mean, the best way to explain it is they can calculate exactly what your EV is on the hand if you stand and what your EV is on the hand if you hit and what your EV is on the hand if you double down. So it turns out your EV goes up if you double down, but does not go up. In fact, it goes down if you were to just hit. Another way to explain it, um, assume on whatever bet size you make, the the hand is the EV would be ten dollars if you uh, double down, but when you when you have more money out there, but if you aren't allowed to double down, your EV is only going to be eight dollars, because uh, that because you're obviously not allowed to put the extra money out. So there's a difference in the odds as to whether or not the money is doubled. And I don't know if I added anything to what Richard said or just confused everybody, including myself, and I apologize for even speaking up here. You know, no, I just want to say there is this, and I'm sure you see this in video poker too, Bob, but there is this desire for people to come up with an explanation in their head that they can understand, right? Mm -hmm. Like, you know, why do we hit a seven when you have 18 against, against a nine or whatever? And you'll hear people say, oh, well, the dealer's likely to have 19. Well, that's not the actual reason. The reason is because the EV, if you stand, is one thing and the EV if you hit is another and it turns out that number that EV is higher so you just have to learn to trust the math yeah and and that's the answer I give a lot in video poker in the classes when I had them there were all all kinds of players who would go who would really want the why and sometimes the why is relatively easy to explain and sometimes it isn't Sometimes it comes down to trust the software. It's it's really right, and uh, the math is easy for a computer to figure out and really hard for you. So just trust the uh, trust the software. 
All right, next question. I'm fully retired and deal blackjack for a local entertainment company on a contract basis. I don't need the money. It's a hobby job. One of my biggest disappointments is the treatment dealers are given by players. As a dealer, or as a former dealer, can you give me any advice on how to handle players who take the blame the dealer game too far? Yeah, I mean, dealers get treated really terribly. And um, and women and minority dealers get treated even worse. Uh, I heard people say just the most awful things you can imagine to dealers, you know, when I was a dealer. Uh, and they said awful things to me as well. I don't, I don't really have an answer for it. Um, yeah, I, I don't. I, and and you're you're at a entertainment company. You're not in a casino where you might have a boss behind you that will give you some help. Um, yeah, unfortunately, it's it's just part of that job, and I don't know any way to stop it. And, yeah, and, I assume he's in a state where shooting the players is against the law. Yeah. The, I, I mean, to me, the worst part wasn't about getting blamed for them losing, because you can always say, you know, I just steal the cards, or, you know, you're the one who took the hit, or whatever, you know, but but it's all the sort of racist and sexist and that kind of stuff that, that bothered me a lot more than the getting blamed for losing. Okay. We got an email from an IT expert, and he says he can say without a doubt that it's a must to put tape over unused camera on your computer. So I actually, I actually do that. Um, it's not tape, but it's a, uh, it's a folded up business card that I can slide over the camera when I'm not using it. I do participate in Zoom meetings, so I want the camera available. But when that's not in case, I do slide the card over to cover up the camera. Um, so, Richard, do you do that? Uh, you know, I used to, but then I read something where, uh, again, IT expert, I don't know, uh, he was saying that if someone were to hack your camera, the light next to your camera would be on. Um, yes. And and so I would notice if the light on my camera was on. And uh, so I, I really don't worry about it. I think the chance of someone uh, hacking my camera is minuscule. And even if they did, you know, what are they going to see? So I sit here, they find out I record this show naked. Um, you know, I, what, you know, I, I, I have no uh, qualms about that. Well, I, uh, I can report to our audience that according to the camera that is on when Richard and I tape these shows via Skype, that he at least has a shirt on for which I'm grateful. Yeah, it, it really bothers Anthony Curtis when I try to do live shows naked, but. Yes. He, uh, uh, we might have to get a picture of that. <laughs> are you allowed, are you aware of any lost rebates for roulette? Well, um. I'm not currently up on who is offering loss rebates, but I would think any casino that's offering a loss rebate would love a roulette player, um, you know, more so than a craps or a blackjack player. So, I mean, for an advantage loss rebate player, roulette would be uh, a great game to play. But, um, yeah, I mean, find the loss rebate, then, then I, I would bet that Roulette would be included, but I think most because, loss rebates because nowadays because roulette has a five and a quarter percent house edge. Right, basically. right. Most loss rebate um, things these days are going to require like a hundred thousand dollar upfront money or something. So, all right. Next question. 
When a blackjack dealer yells skill check, how would you react? I have never <laughs> heard that in my life. Um, I mean, usually if they're going to do a skills check, they don't want to announce it to the player that that they're going to do it on. But, um, yeah, I don't know how I would react. I I might try to f throw them off, you know, uh, play kind of somewhat opposite of the count uh, to let them see that my bets don't correlate to the comp, I mean, to the count. Um, or I, I may just flat bet for a while and play basic strategy and then move to another table or, or leave the casino. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure. Yeah, for some reason they've never yelled that when I've been playing, so I, I don't understand that. Yeah, that's a weird one. Okay, um, I've tried tracking my records for the one shop I'm comped at and, and slot hustling, and I notice that pulling your player card works on some machines. But should an AP slot player be pulling their cards to show losses? How would they successfully do this? Does pulling before playing bonus games work because the win hasn't been calculated yet? I imagine this could get someone barred if they've been seen doing this repeatedly. So is there a good way to do it without getting kicked out? Now, on video poker on a game like Ultimate X, uh, the bonus is on a separate game. So, yes, you can pull your card just before you play the game with 12x multipliers everywhere. Yes, this is an obvious maneuver. Yes, players have been kicked out of slot clubs for doing this. So, um, but so I, yes, I it can't. I'm go sorry, ahead. go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I, I would just say, in general, it's always good to have big losses on your player's card. If you're going to, yeah, if you're using a player's card, then yes, it's good to have big losses on them. It is. And it's generally not good to, um, to generate those losses when you get kicked out. So there's a number of, uh, there's, there, there's, there's prices to pay for that. And, uh, sometimes you have to take your chances. Sometimes you don't know until after you've already been kicked out and then you go, damn, I shouldn't have done that. But, well, um, also, other... I, I would also say that, that some games, it's going to be much more obvious than others that you're doing that. Um, you know, so try to think about what's going to make it look obvious to them and what games you think you could get away with it, what games you shouldn't. I'm trying not to say too much here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I have, I have some strategies for that too, which, uh, which are in my case, theoretical. I'm, uh, I'm a well enough known player that uh, pulling cards at all would be um, enough to uh, get my welcome eliminated at some places. So, uh, but I have some theoretical ways to do it, but that I don't think it's a good idea to go through them on the air. All right. So our question mailbag is empty. Uh, so, Keep those questions coming in. Uh, this is fun for us, and many of our readers and many of our listeners seem to enjoy these shows, too. At the end of every show, we try to do recommended, where Bob and or me have something to recommend to our listeners. So did I say Bob or me? <laughs> you did, but we knew what you meant. Uh, well... <laughs> Either Bob or me or Richard uh, have something to recommend. I guess that means I have to recommend two today, which I could, but it's not going to happen. All right. Uh, Richard, do you have a recommended for our listeners? Yeah, uh, you kind of got on me a while back about um, that I was recommending movies and TV shows instead of books. So uh, I'm coming up with some of my favorite authors for you, Bob, because uh, 
I I know you like that. So um, my recommendation this week is an author named Donald Westlake, and he wrote uh, two different types of books. He wrote very funny books and and then some serious books. So he created a character called Parker that they've made movies about. Um, but then he and and so he has this character who is a professional thief and works with a crew. But then he has this alternate line of books that are also a group of thieves, but everything that possible that can go wrong goes wrong, and they are very, very funny. And that crew, the main character's name is Dortmunder, and they've also made movies of some of those books. So uh, anyway, check out Donald Westlake, uh, really, really good author. Good. I'm glad when Rick, Richard recommends books. He uh, he recommended Ross Thomas a few weeks ago, and I've actually read a couple in the um, interim since then that I never would have read if he hadn't recommended it. So I will recommend a couple of those in specifics uh, in the near future. Um, and so now I got to check out Donald Westlake. Yeah. Uh, the other and thing since- that's good about do- both of these guys is they wrote a ton of books. So if you like him, you it'll last a long time because you can just, you know, he, they have many, many, many books. And um, in the case of Ross Thomas, anyway, there are uh, many are standalone books and some have recurring characters. So, um, but on the, uh, you, you can go to Google or something and do Ross Thomas books in order where uh or any author books in order and they will tell you the order they were written and sometimes if there's a series of books they will tell you which is which which allows you to uh to read them in a way that's more engaging it's if you already if you start a book but you've already read a later one and know that uh somebody was alive later then life-threatening situations are not so life-threatening because you know he's still alive for a later book so uh so on those kind of books it's it's in my opinion it's better to read them in order and um since i've been recommending so many books i decided my recommended today is going to be a podcast take over from richard and the podcast i'm going to recommend is called margins of air it's by harry enten e-n-t-e-n I first heard of Harry when he was the data guru for 538.com, writing about or talking about politics. He was hired away from CNN to uh, he was hired away by CNN. And that's what he's that's where he's now doing largely the same thing, except uh, he gets on television a lot more now. Uh, now, in the podcast, it applies data to non-political subjects. And his Jewish grandmother makes a regular appearance. His first several podcasts covered such things as uh, is daylight savings a good idea? How many couples sleep separately? Is it better to be cremated or buried? So these are things that are kind of interesting, kind of things you don't normally think about. And I, I find the podcast interesting. So check it out. Uh, that's it for this week. Thank you, all the listeners, for sending in the questions. Thank you, Richard. Go out and hit lots of royal flushes, everybody. Good day. What's up, y'all? I'm David. And I'm Justice. And the Don't Trip Podcast is now a part of Blue Wire Network. Considering getting back with an ex, want to know if a pickup line works, or maybe you're just stuck in a friend zone. Don't Trip is advice at no price, and we're always going to keep it real. We engage directly with our listeners with funny segments such as Simping or Pimping, where we rate pickup lines, high questions to answer the unanswerable, or live listener callings. Listen to Don't Trip on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And catch the video versions on YouTube every week. Don't Trip, we got you. 
say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.